chapter two of barry blake of the flying fortress by gaylord dubois this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter two two kinds of rats the weeks that followed were more crowded than any barry blake had known drills monotonous tiring but excellent for physical tone occupied the first few days on monday of the second week the regular training schedule began mornings were devoted to ground school barry and chick put their best into it knowing that study was vital to passing later tests there were five subjects airplane and engine operation weather military law navigation and radio code of them all barry blake preferred the first his hobby had been flying model planes since he was in short pants the classroom in hangar five with its blueprints charts takedown and working models made him feel at home here he ate up every lecture on fuel systems motors electric systems engine instruments wheels and brakes the floor of the great hangar itself barry found still more fascinating here were displayed the real planes and their parts with cutaway and breakdown views they gave him his first intimate contact with the powerful fighting ships that he hoped soon to fly flight instruction in the bt nine and bt fourteen training planes was always a mixture of anxieties and thrills there was much to learn and little time to learn it in these ships twice as big as the primary school kites the speeds were higher the controls more quickly responsive the gadgets on the instrument panels were just double in number and the instructors lieutenant baird has it in for me barry chick enders confided as they headed down the concrete apron toward their ships no matter what i do he just sits back and sulks all the encouragement i've had from him is a grunt or a glare ever since the day i taxied into the wrong stall with my flaps down a step or two behind him barry glanced down at chick's short legs twinkling below the bobbing bustle of his chute in spite of himself barry chuckled the idea that anybody could have it in for a fellow as homely and likable as chick was just too funny perhaps lieutenant baird has other troubles he suggested remember when your flight period begins he has already spent an hour with a hot pilot by the name of glenn crail that lad is enough to curdle the milk of human kindness in any instructor i wouldn't worry about it chick you passed your twenty-four hour test all right didn't you yeah chick admitted maybe it is crail more than i who's responsible for the lieutenant's sour puss crail's a born show-off and a sore-head as well even the processors couldn't prick his bubble and they tried oh oh gosh i er uh, hello crail i uh didn't see you coming walking fast cadet crail passed the two friends with a glare they turned and watched him disappear into the operations office chick enders let out his breath in a long whistle he must have heard all we said about him before he zoomed past us barry said with a dry smile oh well it's the truth and it may do him good when he thinks it over practicing his chandelles that afternoon chick gave less thought to his instructor's sour mood as a result he did better than usual barry blake for his part forgot the incident completely it was not until special room inspection the following saturday morning that he recalled crail's ugly look 
Barry Blake was room orderly that week. This meant that he alone was responsible for the general neatness of the quarters he shared with Chick and Hap Newton. For ordinary morning and evening inspection, the preparations were simple. Beds must be made, the room must be swept and dusted, and everything had to be in its proper place. On Saturday, however, all three roommates pitched into the work. Everything must be in perfect regulation order. Each blanket edge laid just so, each speck of dust wiped up. Shoes, clothing, equipment must be spotless, or demerits would fall like rain. To make sure that Barry had overlooked nothing in his dusting, Chick and Hap went over the furniture with their fingers, searching for a smear of dust. They found none until Hap tried the bottom of the waste basket. Two gigs for you, Mr. Blake, if the inspecting officer had found that, he remarked, with a wink at Chick. You're dead right, Hap, Chick spoke up, wiping his finger over the same spot. The inspecting officer will do it with white gloves, you know, and if he gets a smear— ah drive it in the hangar fellows barry protested with a grin give me that wastebasket and a rag and then go wash your own hands okay but not in the washbowl i've just finished cleaning retorted hap it's too near inspection time i'm going down the hall coming chick barry polished the bottom of the wastebasket as if it were brass as he put the cleaning rag away he glanced about him if this room were to be any cleaner it would have to be sterilized he declared bring on your white gloves and let's see what they can find now guess i'll have just time to join chick and hap down the hall and get back before inspection the three roommates had figured almost too close they were just starting back to their rooms when call to quarters sounded as they hurried into the hall a uniformed figure darted across the farther end say hissed chick enders didn't that mister come from our room i thought so muttered barry he looked like glenn crail i wonder there was no time for more speculation then official footsteps were approaching the three cadets were just able to reach their room and stiffen at attention by their beds before the inspecting party came into view the officer in charge was captain branch whose piercing black eyes had never been known to miss a spot of dirt square-jawed quick-moving he entered the room accompanied by a cadet officer with notebook and pencil his thin sensitive nostrils sniffed the air who he asked sharply has been smoking here within the last few minutes the room smells foul a tense five-second silence followed barry blake broke it i don't know sir he managed to say it was none of us three we don't use tobacco the muscles of the captain's jaw bulged, the thin line of his lips hardened. "'What is your idea in leaving rolls of dust under your bed at inspection?' he demanded bitterly. "'And dirty soap on your washbowl. And that can of foot-powder on the desk. And that drawer—' He broke off to stride across the room. From the crack of a drawer in Barry's desk drifted a tiny feather of smoke. Captain Branch jerked it open there on a charred paper lay a smouldering cigar with his face like a marble mask the officer tossed the cigar into the washbowl gentlemen he said heavily this is an idiotic defiance of authority unless you can clear yourselves immediately in a written report appropriate punishment must follow that is all not until the captain was out of hearing did the roommates dare to look about them 
then with a sigh that told more than words barry stooped and picked up two big fuzzy rats of dust wordless chick enders took the can of foot powder from the desk and wiped up what had been spilled hap newton groaned it was crayle all right he declared i recognized him by the way he carries his head but why why should he want to sabotage us i think i know said barry two days ago he overheard chick and me talking about him what we said was true enough as this frame-up proves that crayle is a sorehead with an inflated ego inflated and inflamed both chick enders exclaimed he's always trying to tell what a hot pilot he is he hates anybody who shows him up a hard grin stretched hap's wide good-natured mouth we'll show him up for a sneaking rat he said nose up to the desk fellows and we'll get busy on that written report pull out of it hap barry blake interrupted we'll only do a ground loop that way our best manoeuvre is to say nothing about crayle and take our medicine we can't prove a thing against him anyhow hap newton's jaw dropped he sat down hard on his chair you're crazy blake he gasped we're likely to be dismissed from randolph for what's happened this morning why should we sacrifice our wings our reputation everything we value here to protect a yellow snake in the grass like crayle that's what it will mean we've circumstantial evidence that crayle did it chick enders put in he had no business in our quarters and it would have been idiotic for us to stand inspection in a room as raunchy as this if we could help it that ought to be plain to anybody get your pen and paper out barry seated at the desk barry blake shook his head we won't make anything plain by accusing glenn crayle fellows he stated that mister may be a fool in some ways but he's covered his tracks remember we only thought that he came from our room and from the captain's viewpoint it would be natural for us to accuse someone else if we were guilty barry let those points sink into his roommates minds for a full minute on the other hand he went on suppose we face the music that is what captain branch would expect us to do if we were innocent and had no proof we'll pay a stiff penalty of course but i don't think we'll be dismissed from the field hap newton rose and stared out of the window chick enders passed nervous fingers through his short tow-coloured hair you're right as always barry the homely cadet said finally there's a paragraph in compass headings that says flying cadets do not make excuses i have a hunch we'll be doing punishment tours for the rest of our course but i'm ready to suffer in silence hap newton grumbled and fumed but he too gave in i'll get even with crayle he added vengefully i'll fix him no you won't hap barry cut in unless you're willing to fly at his level the ceiling's zero down there come out of the clouds fella and help us clean this room for the second time to-day End of chapter 2